Welcome back to another edition of the Power Podcast. This week I'm joined by Bertie. Hey, how's it going? 40. G'day, fellas. And Ham. Hey, And uh, let's get into it. Oh, you're host Hamish first, and then I we'll am, get into it. Before we start, just to let you know, what happened We've yesterday... We've started, Bertie. Okay, be- okay, before we get into the agenda, I'm not talking to 40 for the rest of the pod because of what happened yesterday. So when I communicate... <laughs> just because your you. cowboys weren't good enough, baby, it's okay. This is dang it. Ham. This is okay. dang it. I will pass the message to you, Hamish, Naham, then you pass it to Hamish, then you pass it to 40, and vice versa back to me. A little right? little Dak throwing his intercepts. It's okay, Bertie. It's fine. Welcome to the Mike McCarthy experience, <laughs> is all I can say. Um, all right, well, let's get to uh, the other version of football, and that was taking place on Saturday night, the Eels 28 to the Tigers 24. Um, we made it hard on ourselves, but uh, got the dub in the end. You know, I, th- I think we just tried to give Wes a little bit of hope and then just dashed it. <laughs> that little sliver um, of hope uh, and then break it and, and, you know, get that glorious result. And we'll jump into some of the stats first and then go into it. So 51% possession, uh, 25 to 24 minutes time in possession, 82% completion rate, uh, all runs 165. We outgained Tigers by 200 metres, 200 extra post-contact metres. Tigers won the line breaks 7 to 5. We won the tackle breaks 26 to 17. Average set distance, (coughs) an extra 7 metres per set. Uh, 3.63 seconds to 3.43 seconds average play the ball speed, so it's 40 touches on. If we lose that stat, we usually win the game. <laughs> it doesn't make sense, but that's how it is. <laughs> Kick meters, an extra 100. We forced two dropouts to one. Effective tackle percentage, uh, 90.5% to the Tigers, 87.1%. Yeah. And then tackles made, 333. So Tigers making an extra 10. Tigers with an extra t- uh, nine missed tackles. An extra seven ineffective tackles. Errors, Wests, 13, to us, eight. Five penalties each, and we'll get to this stat a bit later, but six against Wests having one called against them, up having six against them, two on reports, which has resulted in Madison getting a charge. And we only used six interchanges, so George Jennings staying on the bench for the whole of the game. Um, all right, Bertie, do you want to start off on some positives from the game, and then um, we'll we'll run, cycle through, and then we'll hit some negatives. Oh, yeah. Um, we beat the West Tigers, so suck it. <laughs> we, swept the, we swept the West Tigers, so suck it. <laughs> I d- I, or you look at it, like the first the first 20 minutes, I thought we were solid. We, I thought we were back to, you know, our, our best. Um, I, I just thought, you know, yeah, finally an opponent that can play us into form. And, you know, we're heading to the halftime, and I, I was feeling confident. I'm thinking, this is going to be annihilation. And then oh, as soon as we get out of halftime, we don't touch the ball for, what, 15 minutes? And then it's just... We had 18% possession, I think, across the next uh, 20 minutes of play. Yeah, it was pretty bad. And like, I'm a bullshit penalty, mind you. Oh, for sure. And like, and I'm look, I always, I always bash the referees. I'm not saying if we had lost, it was all the referees' fault. But as Ham, um, Ham said in one of the channels, it was similar to Thurston's last game in Camera Shift where they got every single call and you had us literally fighting for it, two for now for every play of balls, you know, and we're not getting any six against. It's just, it was just so frustrating and it's just. I know it was a token game for them or a milestone game or whatever for the Benji Marshall or Chris Lawrence, but surely, Cummins, you got to take your objective out of the way and ref a fair game. I'm just so glad we managed to rest, uh, wrestle the momentum back to us and just run away with it. And usually, like, um, if if we didn't win this game because of that and, like, we are, they, they just kept scoring tries against us, I would be very upset heading, heading into the semifinals because if we can't put up, if we can't change momentum, we're going to get screwed in semifinals. And I'm glad we did it here. <laughs> 40 yeah, well, do you want to touch on that um that bit of perseverance there 
the yeah, mental toughness. We entered this game in, in unusual circumstances because coming into this round, we knew we could finish as high as third and as low as fifth. And in, anywhere in between, obviously, only being fourth, but there was a number of ways to get there. And with the Roosters getting absolutely destroyed by the Rabbitohs and then the reserve great team of the Raiders spanking the Sharks, we ended up in the, the worst case scenario, well, worst and best case scenario, where you know a win gets us the third and a loss drops us the fifth, which was just crazy. So the boys had a, a bit of weight in their shoulders there mentally. And for the most part, they rallied to the course. And I think that three quarters of that game was really good upward trending football that put us in a position to build upon into the Melbourne Storm game. But that third quarter where we came out of uh, half time was just such a mess. And part of it was obviously the possession skewing heavily on the back of the uh, horseshit Andrew Davy penalty for the tackling late. That really that blew my mind that that was a penalty. Um, otherwise, you know, we'd have, you know, 10 penalties a game on Mitchell Moses getting hit that way. But whoever. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that we, even in a way, that, that third quarter was almost, I wouldn't say good, but in terms of long term, but I think the fact that we overcame ourselves in that third quarter, then come back and take the game and get that win is encouraging. So, you know, we sort of undermined and self-sabotaged a little bit, but we managed to recover and rally and, and bring it home with a, a late Will Smith try. So I was quite happy with the game on the whole. I thought Mitchell Moses was once again trending in the right direction, continuing the tackle on the line a little bit more, playing a bit straighter. And uh, Reed Marnie was very good around the middle. And it's, it's easy to forget because, you know, we sort of had a close game, but we were missing a number of good players with Reg and, and uh, Michael Jennings particular rested. So, yeah, um, I think we put together a solid game. Um, we could have absolutely blown them out, which would have been nice. But at the same time, maybe a good close game that sort of, um, you know, keeps us awake wasn't a terrible result heading into the Melbourne game. Yeah. I, I said in the preview, I think coming up against the Tigers in Benji's and Chris Lawrence's last game, was a good test because we knew that the Tigers would want to win. Fired up and emotional um, for sure, yeah. And when uh, Benji Marshall injured himself, um, I thought it would have spurred the Tigers on um, for them to try really hard. So uh, I suppose in a sense it was good for us that Marshall got injured. I don't like seeing players injured, especially in their last game. Um, but it was a good test for us, I thought. And, um, you know, we could have probably gone out there and smashed the Tigers, but um, we'd rested Regan Campbell-Gillard. Uh, we'd rested Michael Jennings, um, didn't have Dylan Brown, uh, Murata Neokore. So if we had a, our, our top 17 out there, I've got no doubts that uh, – and even the way we played our bench, like, as you said, him, uh, George Jennings got zero minutes, Daniel Alvaro got the last nine minutes. So there would have been some tired players out there um, that could have probably used a break. but Absolutely, uh, yeah. BA pushed them and uh, they got there in the end. So I just think that just shows the class that we have over the Tigers currently. Um other positives, uh, Junior Paulo. Yeah, superstar. What a, what a freak. Yeah, so good. Seriously, if he's not picked for origin, um, well, I mean, Tom Travojevic has already been picked for origin, so we know how That's pretty he's going there. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like, I think it was just a, it was a solid team effort, and I think um, everyone played their part to get a win rather than having to rely on individual uh, superstars, even though Junior Paulo is an individual. Yeah, well, I think my positives was a bit of mental resilience at the end of the game there to, uh, to haul back that. Um, that uh, the scoreline after going down, and you could see uh, one player that really reveled in it, Reed Marnie, far out. <laughs> There's some great uh, shots of him at the game. Uh, he got celebrating. fired up. He got real, and I loved it. Um, yeah, I, mean, I spoke about it on the tip sheet when we did our little post game review. Um, that really encapsulated the the difference in the Eels, I think, between this year and maybe some others, where like it's a game that we would potentially lose on the back of our own, you know, self-inflicted wounds and the Tigers showing up with a bit of resilience because it's a, a farewell game to a couple of um club legends. But yeah, Reed was having none of that, wasn't he? He was pumped. 
Yeah, that was good. That was good stuff. Not often uh, when you get 30 put on you or you know, five tries scored against you where you can say, we could have prevented every single one of those tries. If you look at the first try, um, Junior was on the wing defending, like, and it's just unfortunate. And like, you can admire his um, dedication and effort to get there, but you can easily uh, counteract that. Uh, the second try, like Leilua, like he's near the line. Wonga Blake should have like, like all those. The Leilua try was really weird too because we had three players take a strong initial position on Leilua and have him completely wrapped up, and then like you know, north and south pole magnets. Oh, sorry, uh, same side magnets, north, north, south, south. They all just got repelled, and he just got the ball down. Um, the first try was hilarious in a way to me too because it came on the back of Mike Asiba making a great read and tackle. He made he did the right thing and we got punished for it. Yeah, and like you look at the other tries, well, we had no ball and they were just going through us. We are just tired and we just, like, I'm not too concerned. With, like, when you get 30, like, they only had 24 put on us and five tries. Like, I'm not too worried because we can easily fix that during the week, you know, as Ricky Stewart always says for Raiders. We can easily fix those, um, those uh, pointers in the week and, yeah, if that's the best, the Tigers have to score off us like fluky try, sort of. Um, so be it. You know, I'm happy with it. I just wanted to bring back Ham said uh, good resilience. You know, in years past we probably would have lost that game. I only have to go back to last year where we played the Bulldogs round twenty. Yeah, that's a good point. And yeah, we round, lost twelve six. Yes, uh, and that was a game with plenty to play for because it would have you know shot us up um, into the top four potentially. And yeah, we we just tanked. Yeah, I think, and and also on the back of that, just the the. The way that we controlled the ruck in that first half, we were completely dominant over. And zero six West. against, by the way, during that. And period. again at halftime, it was three nil six against yeah, so two Wests, um, which just uh, 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 it's becoming a bone of contention for me. Is that that rule? It doesn't seem it's, that enough has gone into the thought process uh, and the the actual judicial process in the course of the games. Um, exactly. Um, so it's 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 really hard to sort of gauge where that rule is going to be at leading into next year, and they want to tinker with it more. And 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 what did they want to change instead uh, of scrums for? Yeah. So uh, what they got? They they added more inside ten. Inside ten, inside 10 is now a set, a set restart, and they also getting rid of some scrums in in lieu of tap restarts. Just I just yeah, attacking teams like if if you are lucky enough for it to be on third or fourth tackle, forty meters out. On, in, on the attack, it just gives too much momentum to the attacking team because the defense is then going to try and slow it down as much as they possibly can, try and just give away a penalty. Like, wait, you can get a six again on tackle three and four. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was what I was going to bring up. Is I that think the only time we have was against the Broncos when they first were? That's right. We got yeah, some quality. We got we got you know quote unquote quality set restarts. Whereas this game, I think it was tackle one or tackle two, ten meters out of line. Two. Yeah, just it's brutal. And, you know, it's a case of, and I've argued this for a while now, and I'm sure you guys feel the same way, but it's a, a rule change that in theory sounds great because it opens up the game and encourages more free-flowing footy, but it is just not being policed consistently and it's having a huge influence on outcomes. Well, yeah. I think that's the frustrating part, especially in this game, is where one team dominates the ruck for, what, 60 to 65 minutes, but ends up only getting one six again within that time. And it's not like we're dominating and the play the ball speed. Tigers just doing the average play the ball speed. Yeah, they're winning the play the ball speed despite not having the dominant ruck. It, it blows my mind. It's, yeah, it's just it's it's the inconsistency with it's called one within games and two game to game between referees because some won't call it at all and then some will and it's just yeah it depends who you get and and Cummins I I don't know he's he, uh, yeah, I don't know about coming. You only have to look. Um, Penrith Panthers are number one in terms of their six to go, six again. Um, the count, right? They get the most, and everyone says, "Oh, because they dominate the ruck." I get that, right? 
But when we dominate, it's it's like as if the referees don't believe our dominance, and they're like, "Hang on, they must be cheating somewhere here." You know, pulling a shortcut here. <laughs> like I, I think I under- the inf- the influence of tip sheets is um very prevalent still in the NRL, and it's absolutely you know guiding too many decisions. The funny thing is that we can have a debut next week, right? We can have one out of nowhere, like Sam Hughes. And I bet you the referee will know who his name is, know who he is, know exactly his arm traits. It just seems like like when Morata came in, like they knew him. Like usually they don't call it. They usually call their number if they don't know their name. But they know all our names. They know like our tendencies. It just seems like, is that a negative of them coming to our training and working with him? Like they know, like this guy likes to hold down a bit and he's a bit slow here. Like Kane Evans in particular. Like that's what I'm trying to think. Like it's just, it's annoying and yeah. I think the one thing is, like, you look at our penalties last year and our penalties this year. I, I said in, a, in many pods too, we don't wrestle. No, we just we just don't wrestle in the ruck, and that is to that is so that we don't give away penalties. And we still get crucified. It's it's hilarious to me. So as soon as we wrestle a little tiny bit, the referees go, "Oh, because they've got their tip sheets, not the good tip sheet, not the podcast <laughs> tip sheet. They've got actual physical paper, a tip sheet, and they look at that and go, oh." Paramount wrestling. Oh shoot, they don't wrestle. Six again. Uh, six again. Like that's why we get it against us. It's because we don't go out there to wrestle because we don't want to give away penalty. But then as soon as we do wrestle and try and slow down a ruck, oh, they don't do that. It's six again. Well, let's get back to Sue. Uh, some some more positives. Mitch Moses again engaging the line, running yeah. a lot straighter, uh, less uh, side to side. Um, I thought his kicking game for the most part was really good, that but for that one, one errant one, yeah, ball that, that got. Yeah, a bit line. too close to the sideline, but He's... he did have um, – I can't remember which winger it was tied up the second time when he thought he was close yeah, to the sideline. He, he was nowhere near it, yeah. He's, he's been booming the, the, the long kicks lately. It's been encouraging. I suppose that's a, another indicator that he's carved muscles, both of them given what he said last week, uh, are closer to 100% than have been in a long time. So that's good. Um, what was interesting was how much they were farming out the short kicking to Gufferson. Um, to the to the point yeah, of frustration. Yeah, he got a little bit crazy. <laughs> he, he he definitely bombed one try for Mike Acevo. and um during that period where we were getting murdered on possession, we, as soon as we got the poor pack, he kicked it on the third, uh, which was. I ain't crazy. He's in my fantasy team, so <laughs> better. But is yeah. that? Do you think it's a bit of four D chess? From that us? that was absolutely sort of premeditated, I think, to tune us up for the finals. Because I was going to say the Storm love to play up and in wingers. They love Adokar, Olam. Uh, Vinavar would love to come up and in. So, uh, Craig Bellamy, I know he said he didn't watch the game, but he would have been studying that game to a fucking fine tooth comb. He would have seen us putting those little kicks, and he knows that Moses and Gutherson can do it. Dillbags can too, but we'll get to that. Sorry, I just, just read a comment on TCT in regards to the team list, which we can get to in the later section, but someone's saying that Dylan Brown won't play. They'd rather David Garrett, David Garrett six than the Eels will win by 50. Oh, Okay, that's some high IQ stuff there. Um, but yeah, obviously we had it's something we if if us four uh, can pick up on West Tigers deficiencies with their fullback and putting in that short kicks. Uh, obviously, a master coach like BA. Yeah, the, uh, was the game tape do doesn't that. lie exactly, and it's what Moses punished him with in the first time we met with that little chip kick in behind. So it's obviously something that Dwahi or Duhi, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Um, See, I thought they did it because Noffa was playing fullback and he's not sort of like a great back, uh, tracking back fullback or, you know, foreign for him, you know, to play fullback. That's what I thought. Well, I think the tip shape part was because we were putting them in early um, yeah, from when Wahi was at fullback and it, it we had a fair bit of joy with that last time we played Tigers. So I and think got, it was definitely something that was too. in the line dropouts and, and lots of um, pressure on the red zone. So it wasn't terrible, just we sort of overplayed it a bit. 
Yeah, I, I think so too. And I think once if, if you've got dual bags back, he he's probably a little bit better at picking his moments. Yes, um, rather than Clint's usually that nice link man to be either the one to score the try or to throw that last pass to the winger, as opposed to relying on his short kicking game. But it's good to know that you've got something in your arsenal because we've got a fair few short. Uh, kickers now. Who we've we got? We've got Clint. We've got Reed. We've got Moses. We've got Dillbags, and we've Mato's got Matto. Can too. put in one yeah, or two. He's not bad. I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt if Junior could put one in as well, given his skill set's <laughs> so good. <laughs> yes, you're not wrong. Um, um, the, but yeah, the the late changes to the lineup they were certainly. Um, I didn't expect to see as big a changes as there were. But another positive: Will Smith in his three games this season. He might have earned himself um, a new contract. He's he's been that yeah sword. definitely. Um, and that, that game at six there, both defensively and offensively, I thought that was the best we've looked in attack since Dill's been out. Yes, he's easily. And I know that um, Jay Phil's done some cool things for us, and he's got that rare speed, which is awesome. But it feels like the, the synergy between Smith and Moses was much healthier. Yeah, I agree with that, definitely. Um, the other one, Oregon Kafusi having some more extended minutes. I thought he was really good, but for that one drop ball, uh, which just hit him flat on the chest, and he... Yeah. Left it behind. Yeah, um, the players that, that Jack Rangi in attack was okay oh, defensively. Yeah. Not looked so like, good. Looked like a man that hasn't played in two months, didn't he? Um, the player that the players that impressed me sneakily was I think Nathan Brown had one of the the quietest two hundred twenty nine meter games that you'll see. And he almost cracked the uh, two hundred fifty tackle uh, mark. Yeah, Wood threshold. Um, and the other one that I suppose deserves a little bit of um, praise after a diabolical showing against the Penrith Panthers is Kane Evans, who last two weeks has been really solid. He's got the message, tuck the fucking ball yeah, under exactly. your arm. Exactly. <laughs> I did notice he was brought on uh, when we needed points. Yeah. He was brought on when we needed Yeah, because um, defensively you don't, probably don't trust him as much, so you just get him on there to get downhill and, and engage the defense and, and get you on the front foot. Yeah, I'd uh, say if we were up by eight in that. You'd be backing Reg and Junior to, or even Oregon if he was there. Tomorrow. I was going to say but they probably would have brought on Alvaro rather than. Oh, true. Yeah, I, I mean, he was such a non fact in the game. I forgot about Paul Polar. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and the other one that I suppose is worth a shout out, um, and it's, we mentioned Brad Tackering before, and he, he cost him his maiden NRL try. But Andrew Davy, another really solid game from the the sort of the journeyman rookie. Yeah, week on week is improving, and that's always good to see, isn't it? It's a shame that he's yeah. going to the the Dirty Birds um, in twenty twenty one, but it is what it is. Yeah, well, the line that he ran for that try was just fantastic. But it's you know, it, I th- I think that might be one a conditioning thing for Takarangi because you've just yeah. got to run through at that just point push and like get into the goal line. And he also set up Micah for his try as well. So had um two good parts in the in the game for sure. I also like the way that um you know we've been through a form slump uh, recently. Like we've gone win loss win loss. When was the actual last time we'd won two in a row? We I think that was back. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it's a while ago. And then the Sharks, which we only won by two points. Oh, both by two points. Um, so I actually did run three in a row at that point. So, um, you know, people go and bet our form sum and everything. But I suppose it'll be done in hindsight. You know, if, if we don't have that slump where we take our uh, attacking and defensive pressure off, are we able to keep it up for the finals? And I think well, the- that's the thing. Whether you've got confidence or do you want to be playing in those close matches, which are going to feel like finals matches, because I can tell you now, yeah. there's going to be zero six again calls in the finals. There's, they're definitely and there's going to be back. very few penalties. Yeah. <laughs> I, I doubt there's going to be, uh, unless the, well, the Broncos aren't playing, so we can't <laughs> beat them, but there's not going to be 60 to eight points. Yeah. So um, that'll and, be an interesting game. And it's well. interesting, you talk about look, looking back in hindsight, and as scratchy as they were across that uh, last sort of, you know, two months or so, I think it is a credit to the boys mentally that they never went back-to-back losses. 
because yeah, that's that's, that's a sign I, of a that's the main thing in a in a season like in a season proper is you don't want back to back losses. Yeah. And yes, the win loss win loss is frustrating, you know, because you want to be harnessing some momentum and, and string together good win streaks. But we did that earlier in the season. That's why we got into the top four so comfortably um, in, in the end. And yeah, and it shows a little bit of um, mental combativeness and, and mental hardiness that probably hasn't been around the team for a while. So I, I enjoyed that part of the season for sure. Yeah, and you know, coming into finals at this point in the year, if you can get to eighteen points and restrict the other team under eighteen points. Um, you know what? Fuck, I just sound a bit like Braith then. But, <laughs> but, the, but the, key, the key is to, to restrict to the other team under 18 points and you're going to win most games. <laughs> or, more, or more than your opposition is, is the key takeaway there. No, but like uh, that's always the, what got drilled into you when you're playing footy as a kid. Like as long as you keep the other team under three tries, right. like a, certain nine times out of ten, you're going to win. Yeah. Unless you're the West Tigers because you let in 26 points every ten week. Ten weeks in a row. That is an unwanted piece of history. You know you know me, guys. I don't like to talk shit about West Tigers. Never. I'm, 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 never. Mate. You're one of their biggest supporters, aren't you? Oh, bloody hell. I've never met a neutral that is more aligned with the West Tigers than Birdie. He's just... Bloody hell. Um, I was disappointed in Sean Blord. Like, you know, he was a better yeah, you know, one-trick pony. He had a, he had his debut game and Tigers were saying, signing up for life, he's the next big bad boy. What did he do? He was better as, as efficient as Russell Packer and Russell Packer didn't play. That like, is... <laughs> I didn't even know he played. I thought there would have been exactly. a big and the... between him and Brownie. The, the restriction on, on Tigers players is a great point, Bertie, because the other player we did a fantastic job on was Harry Grant. He played um, frigging minutes. He, he played. Personally. His biggest touch in the game was the forward passes. But it's been a had, tough year for him. It's been a tough gap year for him, and he was just a bit <laughs> tired towards the end. But uh, the Bloor v. Nephew Brown, it was like the Klitsch, no, not the Klitschko, it was like the Anthony Joshua versus Ruiz fight. It was like a no contest. One guy came to the fight, the other one was basking in his own glory. So shove it um, up your ass. Sean Origin, Origin hopeful David Nofaluma didn't have a huge impact on the game as well. Oh, and one other thing I wanted to, I think it was in the lead up to either Tigers second or no, their third try, the tunnel ball from Luciano. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Wasn't Luciano, got, oh, Luciano, goodness. Got, Luciano got two of those that game. There was that one with the huge tunnel ball, and there was one prior to that where he got to the goal line and the referee clearly says, get up and use your feet, Luciano, and he just gets up and just rolls it and doesn't even bother even stepping over it. So why even, why coach them to say use your foot if you're not going to uh, penalise them for it? I don't, I I don't mind not penalising. Into the field for that, yeah, for that yeah. try. And I leaned across to the person in the MC and said, "Did he play that ball? <laughs> I am over 150 meters away." And I went, "Did he play that ball?" And I went, "Oh, they must have like the ref didn't call it." And then I come, I go on to our footy chat, and no, he didn't. I rewatch it, and no, he didn't. Very How sloppy. The fuck, could I see it from uh, what bay was I in two? 2.11 or 2.12. So that shows you how far away I was, row 11, right? And I see it. It's what about the cheeky knee from Brooks on uh, Red Marnie? Anyone see that? It was like I think it was before that try. Look, Brooks plays the ball and he drops the knee into Marnie. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was a knee drop. And then who was it? Wonga Blake that got the facial? Um, yeah, facial. Yeah, oh, that was because there was two four. I saw that one too. There was two forearms into his face. Yeah, uh, uh, there was a knee drop on on Marnie, like uh, Bertie said. There was a facial on Wonga Blake, and the other one that really uh, got my crawl, and this wasn't the Tigers, this was the ref, is the stupidity of the captain's challenge system, where we didn't try and challenge a forward pass. We tried to challenge an obvious Tigers hand that should have been a six again from an offload that was uh, precipitated a read Marnie forward pass, and Moses was told you're not allowed to challenge it. <coughs> Yeah, frustrating. Uh, referees, get get rid of them. Get rid of them. Get rid of them. Robo lumps win. I'll do, I'll do it better. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, beyond that, uh, some of the negatives, uh, you know, I think we've touched on a couple of them. I thought those defensive 
structures at points, um, especially on those edges. Um, you know, we've we've waxed lyrical, or not lyrical, but the opposite of that, uh, about uh, uh, Wonga and Ferguson. I thought for the most part they had a, a better game defensively, uh, but you could certainly see on the other edge, Wonga, uh, Sivo with Takarangi inside, uh, you realise how good defensively Michael Jennings is. Uh, for Sevo, um, and I think you sort of understood why Takarangi might not be in the team at centre every week. Yeah, um, I just think it was a bit. Of, I, I, initially, I thought um, I think it was the Luke Brooks try. I'm going to say where I thought Wang was standing in no man's land. When yeah. I actually rewatched it, um, he had his body positioned so he could turn and chase. I think. Yeah, yeah you know, that was the thing. He wasn't he wasn't per, like lined up perfectly initially, but he definitely had the closing speed and, and positioning to get there. And I think this is what we talked about earlier: is that at some point, Fergus just got to trust that Wong is going to get the man and, and bounce outside, not just in that scenario, but in others too. And unfortunately he didn't. It allowed um, uh, Kapoa to get out and his outside and pass back to Luke Brooks. And um, yeah, beyond that, I don't think there's too much negatives. Like, you know, he scored 28 points, five tries. Uh, Moses, like as much as everybody rips into him, his goal kicking was clutch this game and was the difference at the end of the game. And the thing is when, when um, he's missing, he's barely missing. It's, it's like just scraping the outside of the post. So, I hope you're paying we... 700k to do it, and you can't even kick a fucking ball. Seriously, honestly, Tigers, mate, you just made my year. I know it's been a shit year, but you have the shine. You are the bright light in a down year. Uh, See, Birdie is Birdie is the number one is. number one neutral in West Tigers. Oh, neutral, yeah. Hashtag our jungle. Uh, the one negative from the game was that he Tiger and couldn't be. That was out of it. That was out of her hands before the game, though. Thanks to the Titans surging up the ladder. Yeah. So, um... you know what's funny is there was one particular Tigers guy. We I think we all know. Um, fake, fake Slim, Slim Shady. Um, he complained about um, we us boo, uh, booing Benji Marshall, but yet we versed him the first time. I think I had twenty mess, twenty t- tweets saying sign up Russell Packer for life. He should run this country for knocking out Ryan Madison. So like hypocrisy, I get, never. Yeah, the, I get it's not a good look, but don't be a hypocrite and don't like I've got tweets of you saying ah he deserves to be knocked out or he's a he's a soft. Don't say that and then you know preach it. Six weeks later, don't be hypocritical. Just be like me. If you're going to talk shit, back it up and don't change your, you know, don't change your face. Like it's just, I don't know. I, I thought, I thought I the booing was from one from most of the West Tigers fans on the reaction to the tackle, and then two, the booing for the Eels fans was that, um, you know, you you get a penalty three plays after. Like mm. I, I don't know how you can play advantage for the rest of the set. Is it is that the rule that it's only if it's a reportable reportable offense is the only thing you can come back for? Yeah, so. Well, the same they, thing happened to us in Newcastle against Ponga. It was like five tackles later, and we got penalised. And that, that so. turned out to be a non, uh, like Will Smith, both of them were non, non-charged offences, so really went on, you know, where have you been put on report in both I cases? I was actually Will Smith. I thought he should have clenched his fist and swung for the <laughs> gone, gone for the fences. And, him, I mean, and, and, you know, non-memeing aside, it was unfortunate that Benji's farewell to the Tigers was cut short um, in that regard. I don't think it would have made a huge difference to the result. Um, and if anything, you know, it probably helped them defensively to get him out the front line. Well, no, I, I, I think it spurred them on because they would have. Oh, that's, that's a fair point is that they ra- probably rallied, you know, to make it a, a better result for him. But yeah. You know. Were they doing anything before that? Not really, no. No, no not really. All right. Well, let's uh, move on from that game. So regular season done. The Eagles finish on 15 and 5 records, winning percentage of 75%. So not bad uh, with a... Points differential, yeah, a bit over a hundred points. Now I know that's a bit less than the rest of the top four. Um, but we, we you know, were right at pace out. until we um, fell off offensively, though. 
Um, That's right. We, we've we've had that slump, and you know it's it's happened now, and it's time to build out of it in the final. Yes. So see, if you look at it, we're not a high-scoring team. We're not going to score like 40, 50. We like to grind matches out, win six or eight points, and Brad Alford said it um, all year. We've worked on defense all year, so people compl- like complain like our oh, foreign against not good. We are playing a different style of football than the rest of the competitions, and. You know, it gets us wins. As you know, we've had 15 wins and, you know, a couple of those losses we could actually won. So, you know, we could have been top two. You know, we could have won the minor premiership. You know, like it's just people got to realize we used to be a high-flying team. No, we're like a get, you know, punch it at long minutes and high completion rate team. So, All right. Well, let's have a look at the news items. The first one's the final series ticketing. Uh, obviously, if you're not in Queensland this weekend, you're going to find it pretty difficult to get. Uh, tickets up there, but knowing in Queensland we have a rather large supporter base, we hope there's a lot of uh, tickets being sold to Eels fans up there to, to pack out Suncorp uh, on Saturday. Uh, but some the club's put out some info, so pre- ticket pre-sale timings as a club member, so I hope you're all members, you get access to the pre-sale. Um, so each week final series tickets will be made available uh, at 10am to 1pm Monday for ticketed club members, then from 1pm Monday non-ticketed club members, 4pm if you have an NRL account, and then on the Tuesday at 10am to the general public. So go on. Uh, I think you get an email and that'll have your code and you can go and purchase tickets. So you might be purchasing them, we hope, for the prelim final directly after this weekend. But if not, it'll be for uh, next weekend um, for a knockout final. Um, now, I think we're still at 25% capacity for these first finals games. Is that right? Uh, I'm not sure when the new government regulations kick in. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's going to go to uh, to 50% or if that's just the grand final at this point. I think that's just the grand final. Okay, yeah. All right, well, I'm sure we can pack out Bankwest Stadium or COVID pack it out. So at, at some point, we're going to get a home final. Uh, whether that's next weekend or the weekend after remains to be seen. Uh, the next news item is Madison charged by the Match Review Committee. So not for a crusher tackle, but for dangerous contact on the head and neck. Um, and obviously that uh, that tackle that he did make, um, you know, I thought he was rushing in to make the tackle and then Kapoa just fell and he didn't have time to pull out. But obviously the match review committee has seen it differently and the match review committee sees things a lot differently to uh, everybody else. Uh, but that'll see Madison has entered the early guilty plea. He's available for selection for week one of the finals. But again, we've got a fair few players now with those. Uh, yeah, uh, Junior, Brown, carry-out. Madison. I'm trying to think whichever core forwards. Yeah, RCG's got it too. That's yeah. right. I think, you know, fair enough a penalty because, you know, it just happened to, you know, sometimes when they do just happen to be like that, it's a penalty. But I don't know about the charge. Like, it's, it's a contact. That's a contact tackle. He didn't. Like a, a, a crusher tackle to me is when you have someone wrap their arms around and then just like sit sit them down. That's a crusher tackle. That was not a crusher tackle. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't crusher tackle deemed. Oh, it was it just was, dangerous contact. It was a flop. But I just think any any contact to the neck is going to be a charge, no matter what. like they're going to look at it closely because they want to get rid of it. But it's just unfortunate. And yeah, I'm just. Maybe seventy-five points. I don't know. Like they're gonna look at their grading. Like what's how, what's deemed how much points because he essentially just flopped on him. Like that's something Nathan Hamas done his whole career. Like I do, I do think that the uh, MRC and the judicial process needs to be reviewed insofar as the fall off uh, or decay period for carryover points. I think and um and, and loading as well. I think that should be uh 
more aggressive in, in letting it fall off unless you have a you know very bad history of foul play, I suppose. Also, was that a bit of laying down by the Tigers' wing? Oh, the, no. Only, only, only Parramatta players would ever stay down and milk a, a crusher or some sort of crusher. Just no, ask no, just right. ask Craig Bellamy. Gee, we're neutral fans, aren't we? <laughs> I mean, when you've got guys like Andrew Voss hammering us in every game about the staying down and whatnot, it, it, it is very easy to get a chip on your shoulder about the matter. Yeah, he oh, didn't mention- fuck Andrew Voss. Oh. oh, so annoying. Get him off our fucking television uh, speakers, please. I was about to say screens, but thank fuck he's not on the screen. Oh, he's, he's on NRL fan, but I don't watch that. So He didn't mention anything about Benji Marshall going off for HIA, even though he was going off because he had a knee injury. Like- well, the trainer didn't even get a shit about the HIA until like four minutes yeah. after treating him when he realized that they could get the interchange for free. So Well, because wasn't Will Smith put on reports? So I was a free yeah. interchange. Yeah. Anyway. So, actually, it would have been better off for them to just take him off. Holy shit, the Tigers are dumb. Because if you're put on report, the player that's in the tackle gets to go off for nothing, right? Mm. But because they use it as HIA, does that mean that because he didn't come back, so that then counts as, in a, as an interchange? That's, an, that's actually an interesting yeah. scenario for the, um, the sideline official, the interchange official. Maybe he overwrites the concussion uh, change and says, no, it was a foul play one, so... You won't be charged uh, if someone comes back on. No, that's a Tigers trainer for sure. 100% that's their mistake. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's forget about the Tigers. They're not going to be playing this weekend. Um, let's get to other round 20 matches. Broncos, Cowboys, Broncos no, 16, Cowboys 32. Well, I'm just reviewing the other round 20 <laughs> matches. Okay. The Cowboys had us going in the first half. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> they, they uh, but yeah, the Broncos just—they don't have the match fitness to last the full eighty, and they're just praying for know. the end of the season. And uh, the the uh, gender reveal at the end of the the game oh, was it's... quite interesting. So yeah, bogans and bogans just <laughs> yeah. Just hope they don't start any wildfires. So lucky it wasn't like he had to tackle a bag. Or was something. this the game that yeah, and it. it got? It's a bad game that got even worse for the Broncos because Tony Staggs blew out his ACL. Yeah, he was going to be in the extended squad for New South Wales, so it's it's sad to see because he's probably been there. Yeah, shining light. One, yeah, him and Haas, and, and Haas has had a down year as well, but, you know, that's to be expected when you've got to carry the load of a pretty awful forward pack. So, the other player yeah. that of course, sort of caught my eyes in recent weeks from was the professor, Herbie Farnworth, who's been reasonable, but, yeah, there's not much saving grace for the Broncos, that's for sure. I thought Dearden's done all right with a complete shit he, sandwich. He, he got thrown to a dog shit uh, scenario, yeah, so... Yeah, it just shows that your halfback can't pull it out when... No, know. when there's no support, absolutely. Uh, next game, Titans 36, Knights 6. Knights, not a great game to lead into the finals, but Titans, you know, building every weekend, and we'll see what they can do next year when there's uh, finals pressure on the yeah, line. Yeah, that's the big thing. We've spoken about it before. Um, sort of, We've seen teams in the past, like the Dogs, go on these great runs in the back end of the season when there's no pressure to make the finals, and then they sort of just go back to their same old ways the next season, but, you know, credit to Holbrook. He's done a very good job. Um, they've got some good talent there. AJ Brimson's come back from injury really strong. And for the Knights, they're coming into the finals battered and bruised, aren't they? They've had some real ugly losses in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, two big drubbings. Um, I do, I do one wonder, win in the middle. I do wonder if psychologically, though, it sets up an interesting clash with the team we'll talk about next and the Rabbitohs. They've almost played their grand final this week, the Rabbitohs. And they've played two grand finals. Yeah, <laughs> I, thought, I thought they played against us. Yeah. So, and the, you know, have they peaked too early in the nights with, you know, a lot to play for now after being so underdone? It sets up a very intriguing clash. 
Yeah, I still, I still think the Rabbitohs are frauds. I just, uh, there's something mm. in there that that just not convinced. Like, I might be completely Flight off my rocker. And sure, if there's any South people listening in, you can sink the boot in if I'm wrong. But I just, I, there's just something about them that smells off. They're just, they're like a bloody meth addict. They're just up one week <laughs> down the next and just crazy. They're a team that benefits <laughs> off the six again rules. Yeah, and because this they, game, they they can run away when the possession is heavily in their favour. They're very good when they're they're swamping the opposition. Yeah, so Rabbitohs 60, Roosters 8. And um, did you know, guys, that no team has ever won a grand final after losing a game by more than 50 points or more? But did you know in 2001, Newcastle Newcastle Knights lost a game by 49 points? So that's the magic cutoff. Arbitrary cutoffs, exactly. Which which year that? I have – it's just in my repository of NRL wisdom. He's he's an encyclopedia of knowledge. No wonder why South Sydney fans are listening to this podcast because you get exactly. that sort of the uh, big data. Gems of wisdom. The big you data. don't you don't get those stats anywhere else. Definitely, no. definitely not in mainstream media. They would never mention that any team that's considered fifty points was never gone on to win the grand final. Never. And I'll tell you who'd never mention it: Andrew Voss. No, not once again. Never. And did you want to know why us finishing in the top four was such a good thing? Because no team no in the modern era has oh. won the premiership oh. without finishing in the top four. I would have sworn Does that include the McIntyre oh. system. It does. Yes, I would, have, oh, yeah. I would have sworn in 2009 there was a team that was robbed out of a victory from eighth place. Who could that have been? Uh, hey, oh. Does that mean the Roosters are making up the numbers? If we're making it up, well, if a team if a team was ever going to break the stupid hoodoo of the arbitrary 50 point curse, it's going to be the bloody Roosters. So I'm actually, it's funny the way the final shaked out or shook out. I'm actually quite happy we're not playing them this week because they're going to be yeah, pissed. Oh. I'd be very nervous if I was playing them this oh, week. Oh, God. and guess what? And we're going to talk about next. What happens when you beat a team to nil? What happens next week? Well, no, that's only us. What do we yeah, think? Sorry, I mean, I know it's in, in, in good fashion, but what do we think about the Rabbitohs deliberately farming out tries to Alex Johnston in order to get him the try scoring crown? I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm all about that shit house, <laughs> 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 I'm 100% for it. Like, <laughs> If you're going to roll over and let them play under eight stuff, <laughs> you deserve it. Um, this was another another showcase game by Cody Walker, who, when he's on, is so electric. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the Roosters looked like they had this game in the bag early on. They were steamrolling them, and then they just got completely blown apart. It was crazy. Sorry, if, if you're against that sort of stuff, you're one of those West Tigers fans who complain about disrespectful, <laughs> yeah, disrespectful field, field goals. goals. <laughs> and, I mean, that's, that's, that's an American philosophy, not running up the score. It's rude. I suppose if, if you're not good enough to stop them, you have no right to complain. Exactly. Uh, Bulldogs nil, Panthers 42. I didn't watch this game, but um, it seems like the Bulldogs had their, their early... Yeah, I had this uh, one on the background early on on Saturday because I wasn't interested in it. And yeah, classic Bulldogs, like you said, sort of competed early on and then just faded. Did anyone read the article about Steve Price telling the players, uh, don't forget to clean out your, clean out your lockers after the game? Yeah. Before <laughs> the game and after the game. So someone's getting a Christmas card. Uh, maybe see. a little bit of tough love is what the dogs need over there. But they, they've got so much dramas on and off the field with their boardroom and <clears throat> their playing roster and whatnot. So they've got a long, long way to go under Trent Barrett next year. Whereas the the Panthers, you know, a typical performance from them in this year. They sort of just ran away for it, played some flamboyant football, played some tough football and were way too good for their lowly opposition. Next, uh, Sharks oh against the Baby Raiders, as they've been termed on Twitter versus this week. Uh, Sharks 28, Raiders 38. My God, the Sharks are awful. I mean, and let's not undersell the fact that Sharks do have some injuries, but this was a, a Raiders outfit. If I'm going to just quick up, pull up the team list quickly, that in terms of regular first graders, they had uh, Semi Valemi, uh, Kotrick, who is obviously in the shit list after signing with the Dogs. Uh, 
Kotrick, Dynamis Louis. It's a Mounties team plus four or five first graders. It's crazy. And, you know, they it was like they, they used so many of their depth guys that they had the name Stars on their extended bench because they didn't have any more Reggie's guys to name to flush out the 21. I don't even know where they got their fullback from. Adam Cook? Yeah. I thought Sam Williams was in England. Oh, real back there. <laughs> I mean, Harley Smith Shields is one of their highly rated juniors, so I knew about him, but they had Matt Frawley playing and he scored a try. Sam, oh, I mean, this is this is this is how this is how far into the shit list they've got Nick Kotrick that they made him play in a dead rubber for him or a pseudo dead rubber because they obviously thought they were going to roll over the Tigers and they named Sam Williams captain. They named the guy that hasn't played all year captain over their once up and coming superstar. And next on to Sunday, uh, Warriors forty, Seagulls twenty eight. Uh, Des, he's done it again. <laughs> that's that's his um worst. Win percentage in a season, isn't it? If I'm not mistaken, oh, he had some pretty shit years with the dogs. Maybe, with Ma- so maybe it was with Manly was a stat uh, because the Seagulls did not finish the season prettily by any means. Well, they they went seven wins from twenty, so yeah, that's pretty bad. And they banked most of their wins in the beginning of the year, yes, so they, they would have lost a fair few on the backside. Yeah, because they were top four contenders in the media's eyes for a while early on. Yeah, well, it's one of those things where if you you load your team with. Uh, you know, five really good Heavy players. On the top, and the rest, top seventeen. No yep. depth. Um, you exactly. Know, this is what happens. It worked for him during you get the host um, injuries during Dez's first period, where they managed to stay healthy through luck and good management. Because you need equal equal amounts of those things to win a premiership with that model. But yeah, um, this season they fell apart. And I mean, to be fair to the Warriors, they got uh, pushed out a little bit early on. Daly Cherryvans came out with a huge cutout pass down the right edge, got out to a twelve point lead, and it looked like they were going to run away with it. And then the Warriors rallied. Elliot Katoa was awesome. Um, he's been really good for him when he's been healthy this year. Uh, and yeah, and full credit to all the Warriors. They, they farewelled a lot of players. Uh, they sent out the tweet, and I think there was like seven players that won't be there next year. But they um, have dug in big time. And, and I hope, like the Titans, that 2020 was the making of their club and they can build from this. Yeah, agreed. And we're very thankful for them for coming over and staying over and giving us a uh, a season this year. And their captain, RTS, uh, didn't want to go home and wanted to stay with the boys for that final game, which was, you know, fantastic that, this show. This is absolutely a case captain. of the non-ironic full credit to the boys. They um, did a lot exactly. for the competition this year. hope they enjoyed their mad month. Yes. Uh, one thing I did want to get on for Manly, they still don't have a hooker. Like, they've let go of... Um, we, that's who... That's who we should sign for backup. Just to stop him playing against us. Against us. <laughs> <laughs> Two if we play them twice. <laughs> uh, um, so, yeah. Uh, but obviously losing the, the young bloke to uh, the knife they, fight at a Mormon they, church honestly, function. Are they like, rolling the dice on him being good? On a I, I think they are because I don't know if they've got really anybody else coming through uh, other than the mooted foreign to uh, hooker. hooker. And I suppose they got Cade Custer. I'm not sure if he's off contract there, but he's played a, a little bit dummy half here and there. But... It's a bit dire. It's a bit dire, that's for sure. And and losing Appy, Coruscant, I think that's undersold how much he that did for that team last year. Got to be up there with the worst roster moves in the offseason, wasn't it? I suppose we benefited from Reagan Campbell-Gillard to a huge extent, but to Penrith's credit, they managed to perform very strongly through the middle without him, whereas uh, the, the Sea Eagles let go of probably their, their most informed spine player when you look at 2020, uh, DCE and Tommy Dubojevic versus Appy Coruscant. Yep. Uh, then on to the final game, Dragons 30, Storm, Baby Storm 22. Uh, convincing win for the Dragons. They're, they're ready to prime to go for next year, aren't they? <laughs> uh, I'm sure. But, um, what's his name? The new coach will be absolutely pumped upon that effort. Legit. Yeah. Does this does this spell the end for Corey Norman in the NRL? He's, he's got to be done, yeah. But the problem is he's on 900,000. So. Has he still got another year in his contract? 
I well, believe yeah. so. I Corey think so. Norman yeah. contracts. Would, you, would anybody sign him up there as a backup? The but they let go of Tristan Saylor as well. The, who's like there. It's the Jack yeah. Bird problem, though, isn't it? The the Broncos are offering the pay like four hundred seventy five thousand dollars of Jack Bird's contract, but that still means you're inheriting a five hundred thousand dollar contract. And it'd be for the a same. player that probably doesn't play. Yeah, and it's the same At issue. At least with Corey Norman, he'd be playing. But how much would the Dragons be willing to eat? Like, like if, if like not that we'd ever take him, but if Parramatta to take Corey Norman, he'd have to be on like two hundred k or under on the cap. And Did the, they end up signing Gareth Widdop, or was that just a rumor? That was talks. Yeah, that was talks. I honestly think he should go to England. Like, if Blake Austin can go to England and win the, the man is still in the first year, Corey Norman can take over the you know Corey, he can fix up the whole country. Corey is in the f- given only the first season of the. Uh, end of end of next year is when he's on the books too. So they got him on fucking another nine hundred k for Corey. All right. Well, wrapping up the season, let's have a look back at the ladder, which sees uh, Penrith finishing on top on thirty seven points, Storm second on thirty two, Eels third on thirty, Roosters twenty eight, fourth Raiders twenty eighth. Uh, they're behind about a hundred points in points differential. Rabbitohs in sixth on 24 points. Knights in seventh on 23 points. And that's the big thing. They won't get a home final this week either. Um, Sharks eighth in 20 points. Titans one win outside of the top eight, but their Miles points differential against, yeah. there either. Um, and then Warriors 16, which is eight wins. And then down to West, Dragons and Manly all seven wins uh, with varying degrees of uh, terrible points differential. And then Cowboys five wins negative 152. Bulldogs, three wins, negative 222. Broncos, three wins, negative 356. Has has there ever been two disgustingly bad teams like the Bulldogs and the Broncos in NRL? I can't remember teams having only three wins. That like is, I think yeah. even, our, even our 2012 team, that was awful. I think we won about seven or eight games. That's right. Uh, we, we Yeah, we had, I think, at worst, six or seven wins at one season. So... And you can't extrapolate those two teams getting any more wins across a 24-round season. I don't think they were that bad. Oh, there you are. Sorry, 2012, we got four wins. Oh. We just had so many frigging close games. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> there we go. We're talking at, least double, at least hit double digits and points. Don't be, don't be stuck on six points for the year. Like, seriously. I know that the Knights only 2016, they had one win. Oh, shit. We only had three wins in 2013. Fuck. I must have repe- the repressed Ricky a lot. God damn. <laughs> I, I have repressed a lot. It's it's interesting when you go across that ladder because back when we relaunched the season, I did a, a brief article on TCT sort of extrapolating what a 20-round a 20, 20 season would look like in terms of the different qualifying factors for different parts of the ladder. And I said that um, I think for the top eight to lock yourself in, I had 11 wins as the cutoff, which worked out pretty well because the Sharks got in on 10 wins. So 11 would have had you in safely. And I, I had 10 with good for and against being the, the tiebreaker, which is pretty much what exactly what the Sharks had there because if the Titans had 10 wins, they would have lost on for and against. And I had the top four as uh, what they had the top four as. Sorry, thirty points wasn't it? I think I had um, fourteen wins was a the, the top four qualifier. Um, so f- uh, fourteen wins of four and against, fifteen wins, uh, pretty much guaranteed you. And that was pretty much where we're at with um, the Roosters, Raiders, Raiders, and us. And then minor premiership was pretty wild because historically it's you know seventy five percent win rate has been enough to get you a minor premiership in quite a few years, which is what we had, but it wasn't enough this year. The Penrith Panthers went on a tear and uh, have, a, have a win rate that's, what, 90%. I don't know how you factor in draws, so maybe half a win. So, like, 92%, pretty crazy. Yeah, all these people complaining about a top four finish for the end this year. Fucking just go back and <laughs> remember those years. Like, and and yeah, it's, it's worth noting that third, third place is our highest finish in the Brad Arthur era. 
So, you know, in the last highest finish since 2005. Yeah, since we won the minor premiership against the um the Dragons that year. So, lots of um kudos to be going around, you know, not just Brad but the entire coaching staff and the playing roster because this was a tough year. We had a lot of injuries that, you know, probably weren't reported on to the degree that others had to um other teams dealt with, but you know, we we sort of undermined ourselves a little bit at times on the field and we managed to overcome that. And here we are third place finish, two bites at the cherry. Um you know, we're going to have a a, a real red hot crack at the Melbourne Storm this year. So uh, this week, rather. So yeah, well done all round. Yeah. So four. Oh, hold on. Sorry. When I was looking at those, I had it locked on round twenty. Oh. Oh. <laughs> it might. It might be better. In three wins. We had wins. <laughs> Let's have a look. Uh, but yeah, you cannot complain like this year. Like I understand that. Uh, you know, people listen to all the outside noise and media and whatever. Yeah, we had six wins in 2013. There you go. Uh, we're, we're, we're a damn, damn good wooden spoon side. Not embarrassing like the Broncos. So, and so hang on. We doubled dogs. our win tally in like the last four. The last five games, yeah. Damn. Man, five, five, five wins in 2013, yeah. Jesus, who's the coach? Sign him up for life. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's going to be an assistant against the team that we're playing this weekend. That's I will right. say, can you imagine being the Sharks, right? Like, can you imagine being a Sharks fan, right? Your team is full of drug cheats, you know. You don't have like your coaches. <laughs> don't hold back here, buddy. Oh, I'm neutral, by the way. This is all neutral. Allegedly, they're drug cheats. But can you imagine being? Yes, boys, we're in week one of the finals. Who do we beat this year? No one in the top eight. Okay, that's. Can you imagine being? That's just. I'd rather have the season end. Like I don't know. Like. And you got is you got the. You got the Newcastle Knights who lost more to teams outside the eight than the teams inside the eight. What a weird, what a weird back half of the um top eight on the Sharks. Sharks. The Sharks. I think you you read out the stat, and it's been yeah. a couple of people have bandied about the perfectly mediocre team, <laughs> the, 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 the Thanos, the Thanos balanced team. Ten wins. Ten wins. Ten, ten losses. Four zero points differential. Yeah, and at home, five, five, wins five. At home, five wins away. <laughs> <laughs> it's like James Winston's thirty. Yeah, that is a bit like James Winston's thirty TDs, thirty interception season. <laughs> oh. um, all right. Well, let's get into the preview. I think we've talked about it a, a little bit, and and what the format going forward is. Um, and this is subject to having a bit of chat. I'm just I've sprung this on the boys. Is we'll try to do a wrap up podcast shortly after the game, as in the next day or two, and try to get that out, and then do a preview pod the following week. So that way we've got a, a pretty quick take on, on what the finals game is, and then if we've got the preview. Um, but again, that'll all depend on how Saturday flows out. Um, you know, if, if we've got the week off, then uh, we'll be sitting pretty, but we'll still put something out there as a preview for the other finals games. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's get to it. Saturday night at Suncorp Stadium, 7.50pm, Saturday the 3rd of October. Finals week one, Storm in second position, taking on the Eels in third position. According to Sportsbet stats that's on the top of the NRL.com there, Storm eighteen, Eels $5 outsiders. Whoa. No pressure at all uh, for the Storm. Fullback Ryan Pappenhausen on the wings, Suliasi Vunavalu on the other wing, Josh Adokar. In the centres, Branko Lee and Justin Olam. In the halves, Cameron Munster and Jerome Hughes. Their forward pack is Jesse Bromwich and Christian Welch with Cameron Smith, captain and hooker. Felice Kafusi, Kenny Bromwich and Nelson Asofa Solomona at lock. Then on the interchange, Brandon Smith, Tino, Tino sorry, Vasua Malawi, Tom Eisenhuth and Nico Hines. The extended bench is Darren Schoenig. Isaac Lemilumu, uh, Albert Vette, and Riley Jacks, coached by Craig Bellamy, who is soon to be the Brisbane 
uh, what is it, overseeing coach for life or whatever it is. Yeah, the general manager or f- director of football, whatever they're calling it. They're offering him the, yeah. the, the full suite, the complete package, get all his um, family in on the jobs too. So I mean, if, he, if he gets it, he gets it. Good on him. For the Eels, fullback and captain Clint Gutherson on the wings, make a Sevo, Blake Ferguson. Michael Jennings returns to centre alongside Wonga Blake. And the return of big dick Dillbags, Dylan Brown at five. Oh, don't we know about big dick? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, I can see him uh, pumping a couple of holes and uh, filling <laughs> going the, the back road door. less travelled. Yeah, going through the back door and yeah, uh, taking that dirt road. And then his halves partner is Mitch Moses. Then into the forward rotation, Regan Campbell Gillard and Junior Paulo at hooker Reed Marnie. Second row, Sean Lane, Ryan Madison at lock, Nathan Brown. The interchange is Will Smith, Andrew Davey, Kane Evans, Murata Niakore returns from injury as well. Extended bench, Raymond Stone, Brad Takarangi, Oregon Kafusi, Dan Alvaro, coached by Brad Arthur. Our match officials are Ashley Klein. No! <laughs> 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 Dave Munro, Peter Go, and Steve Chitty. We don't have Ziggy. We need Ziggy. Oh, Give Ziggy. Us- <laughs> um, but having a look at that team list, the big out there, Oregon Kafusi, did he get a niggle or something on, on the weekend? I'm not quite sure no, why I he think, would. I think it's just a case of rewarding the, the hot hands and uh, Will Smith and Andrew Davey. And then uh, I suppose Kane is the third, like the third string prop over him just at the moment. <clears throat> and you've got... You know, your best bench player in Marada Niakore coming back. So he is just, unfortunately, the odd guy out, I'd say. Yeah, unfortunate for Oregon because I thought he's been rather good. Um, yeah. Uh, with his, his his time upped, he's, he's certainly um, responded and, and put in well. Uh, but Melbourne Storm, where are their weaknesses? Where are we going to attack? Uh, what what do you think, Bertie? Oh, it's very hard to pin a weakness. Like, um, they're f- you know, as you guys mentioned earlier, their wingers, like, they like to rush in and... But that's the strength of theirs, of their, so I can't, I, you know, maybe Ryan Pappenhaus, we can target him because he's a bit of a lightweight, but I just, I'm relishing this game because if we had the Pen, uh, Penrith Panthers, I think it wouldn't be a semi-final game, it would be like an ordinary game. Well, this is like, this is true, this will tell us, this will show whether or not we deserve to be in the finals because they're not going to give us anything, right? They're going to we'll fight hard, they're going to have no errors in them, and we're going to have to be on our game from, you know, f- from the kickoff, so I think... We just probably do the shallow kick, you know, because Olam, I don't think he's tall. I think Wonga Blake's got the reach on him, and I just, I don't know. I honestly can't think of a weakness for them. Maybe Brinko Lee, but... No, they're they're a very well-balanced team, and, and beyond that, they're exceptionally well-coached, which makes it difficult to to exploit a certain weakness. Um, yeah, I think yeah. it just it comes on the back of us playing a good fundamental game from 1 to 13, and obviously the bench too when they come on. And you got to, it starts in the middle. You know, you can't bleed easy meters and, and cheap penalties and cheap set restarts. Going to need our, our middle forwards like Junior, Reg, and Nathan Brown to aim up and, and set the tone defensively and offensively. And then out wide, we can't afford. And this is what's really killed us, I think, in their games in the games against them recently in the finals. Is we've uh, had a couple of really cheap line breaks out wide, and we've you know seen Silias Vinavalo and Josh Adokar streak downfield and, and link up inside and getting you know those either the cheap meters or cheap points early on, putting us on the back foot. So we need to. Be in the contest early on, not concede cheap points, not concede cheap field, uh, field position and territory, and then we'll have a red-hot crack at him. Yeah. Um, you mentioned uh, Dylan Brown taking the Brown Road uh, before, and, it, and it, it jogged my memory going back to a, a poem that I read in high school by Robert Frost, um, The Road Not Taken. But I was just, just going over the poem there, and I think it, it can lead to how we should play. I'll just, I'll just read the last verse. Uh, I shall be telling this with a sigh somewhere ages and ages hence. 
two roads diverge in a wood, and I I took the one less travelled by, and that has made all the difference. Now, you might go, what, what is he talking about here? He's on the same stuff that Brad Fittler's on. Parramatta should just go out there and niggle the absolute shit out of their players. You want to know how to beat Melbourne? Everyone goes out there and goes, oh, we've got to play, you know, oh, we've got to pass the ball around, we've got to play this, we've got to play that. Do what they do. Pinch their ears, pinch their thighs, pinch their elbow, pinch their, pinch their triceps, flick their ears. Do everything you can to upset them, like like Reed Marnie did last year when he upset Cameron Smith and he slapped him, so he got 10 in the bin. Just try and bait them. Be the master baiters, right? Bait them into shit and just try and get them off their game that way, I reckon, because really what else What else can you do? They're the, 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 the oiled, perfect oiled machine. Throw a cog in there. And, I mean, I've, I've spoken at this before. But in a way, I'm glad that we got the Storm in this week one matchup of the finals because in terms of Parramatta's future as a, a premiership force, I think that mentally there is one team left to overcome and that's the Melbourne Storm because, you know, going back almost two decades now, you can go back to like the 99 final series, I believe, and, you know, the Storm have been the team that has eliminated us like every every season that we've gotten to the finals. And you know, I, I, don't, I don't know if you've heard this stat during the week, but we've played six finals games against them for zero wins. Yeah, and so this, this is the team. This is the, the monkey that's on the back, the, the monkey that's the size of King Kong. This is the one we've got to get thrown off and, and psychologically realign ourselves you know, by beating them. So this is why I wanted this matchup week one, especially given that it's a, you know, to use Brad's quote from 2017, it's a free throw at the stumps. We're $5 outsiders. Uh, I don't think, you know, we've got, we've got our top 17 there, or hopefully we've got our top 17 by game day. Yeah, I, I think I, there's something about us I like. I think it's because I'm a Parramatta Eels supporter and it's the Parramatta Eels, but there's something about us I like. Hope in this game. springs eternal. When we, yeah. when we played them a couple of years ago, and it was Cameron Smith's um, the Wank Fest, whatever. Cam 365, yeah. That team was way less, was way shitter than our team, right? We were, this the team we've got now was 10 times better. That Storm side had even, um had, what is his name? Will Chambers, had Cooper Cronk, and Will came within a whisker of winning that game. That's why, and like, I'm not sounding arrogant, but I'm, I think our chances are very good this year because the likes of Sean Lane, the likes of uh, Ryan Madison, Wonga Blake, Wonga Blake can, you know, break this game open and, you know, he can, you know, he can win the game off the back of him, you know. Maddo, I just think Maddo could be the key in, um, in our strength this year because he adds a bit of, you know, Hardest edgeness to our team, and something we've lacked, you know, since the both squad. The, the talent is definitely there, but that's why it's on us, not the self sabotage early on in this game. You know, don't yeah. don't throw the ball away, don't give them cheap possession, allow them to skip out to an early lead, and then put the, like, start twisting the screws on us. Get into the contest. You know, if we can score the first try, awesome. But you know, just don't give away cheap ball. Don't make it maybe easy for them. Maybe that's why that's why Kafusi's not in the team because he has an error in him. Like you know, um, in the but he'd game. be on the bench anyway. Yeah, then Kane Evans yeah. is. A lot more even than Kafusi, I think. Well, I just think what we really need to to rely upon is what I've seen in our attack the last two weeks is that offload game. Yeah. Um, you know, Melbourne's defensive structures are, are the best in the game, uh, probably outside of the Roosters are the two best defensive structures. But when you put them out of those structures, you don't play those block line plays. You play that second phase football. That's when you can really open them up. Yep. And um, we've used that well in the past. And that's what we're really going to have to use. You're going to have to have Junior Paulo in playing that uh, that second receiver or first receiver role as well. Um, but you're also going to have to have Dillbags marshalling that left side. And I can see points flowing down our left edge. Uh, but the main area, and it, and it is for every game, they always say it, it's it's one in the middle of the park, and they're missing Finucane, and they've got Nelson Asofa Solomona. Um, let's not forget 
and I hope they've got that picture of him doing the shush to the crowd in that finals mm. match where we were blown off the park in the first 20 minutes off. And I just want to say this, and, and it's respectful as possible, some very fluky tries, um, that the boys should have that pinned up uh, this week in their locker rooms. They want to rub it into that fucking prick who should be running in a Balinese prison at the moment and absolutely manhandle him in the middle of the field uh, because that's where we're going to have to win it is through that middle. And, you know, there's a player there that could have been in the in the Eels jersey this year in Christian Welch, um, who's responded back from a knee injury really well. And you know what you're going to get out of Jesse Bromwich. He's a he's an effort. He's he's not his prime anymore, but he's as good as he. Well, he's he's, he's not prime, but he's still a very good. He's still prop. a solid, solid warhorse. Yeah. And and Cam Smith, you know, he's the best nine in the game, and still is. And and you know exactly what you're going to get from him. You've got Cameron Munster, who's got speed. And if you look through their back line, their back three, speed, skill. Um, Funivalu's got a an error in him, <laughs> so um, perhaps some targeting there. They've got class all across the park, and we're going to have to be at our best to beat them. But if we do, we get ourselves a break, ready for a prelim final. Um, so that's what you've got to play for. If not, you get a free throw at the stumps at, at one of the best teams in the comp, and then you return back to Bankwest to have a finals game against uh, the winner of or loser of Souths and uh, Knights. Um, so, you know, I, the boys are up for it. Uh, we saw what we did when we travelled down to Melbourne in 2017. Um, some dubious decisions went in Melbourne's favour, and we weren't good enough to overcome those. This game, we can only control what we can control, and that's our effort, our performance. Um, and, and whatever happens in the middle of the park with the refereeing, is you've got to overcome that. And I thought that resilience that we showed last week against the Tigers when not only was all the possession flowing Tigers' way, but all of the calls, all of the six agains. Um, but what we did in that last 15, 20-minute period was arrest the momentum, turn it around, and then generate two tries at the back end. And I know they were soft, but that were because we did all that work in the first half. And that's where we have to win this game is the first half, as Forty said, holding on to possession, not giving up cheap ball, not shooting ourselves in the foot because there's one team that won't uh, uh, beat themselves and that's definitely the Storm. Yeah. So um, I've, I've got all the confidence in the world that we can go out and do this, but we have to be back at our best that we were earlier in the year um, and we have to throw that ball around and make sure it sticks. Um, but one positive is Suncorp usually doesn't have too much dew on the surface. So if we are going to play that expansive style of football, it's not like a, an A and Z at night time. It's it's very slick and fast. It's not very dewy and wet. Sad day is meant to be 26 and cloudy. So at least according to Google ever. So. Well, cloud, that'll make sure there isn't any dew on the ground, won't it? Yeah. So knock on, wood, knock on wood, we get the ideal... And kickoff is what close to eight o'clock, so it'll be seven fifty p.m. Seven fifty, yep. so it'll be round about twenty degrees, nice and you know pleasant uh, footy conditions. I will say we have to watch out for Cameron Smith's um on the on the try line. His crash balls to Tino to Nath. His little his little grubber yeah. kicks, his little crash balls. Yeah, they're both yeah. cheeky little things. Like, like Reed tries to do it, and you know Reed's only in the beginning of his career, so he's probably in, emul- trying to emulate um, Cameron Smith, but he's just one hundred percent. Yeah. So maybe that might. Benefit us because we're such a compressed line, like we'll have numbers in it, but we're just going to try not to give up cheap points around the, the goalpost. So, yeah. All right. So, I think that wraps up the chat there. Um, we'll have to be at our best, but um, I hope you're all at home screaming along, or for those in Queensland inside that bubble out there cheering on the boys, we'd hope to have a packed Parramatta crowd up at Suncorp. Um, if anyone has a permission to cross cross the Queensland border, I am willing to travel in a car boot uh, <laughs> under a lot of blankets. People smuggle him. It's good business. Yeah. <laughs>
It'll be good to hear a parachain at Suncorp. You know, I reckon they'll get the lads up and. Well, that's the thing. It'll be it'll be it'll be interesting. The crowd, you know, because you hear Eagles chants whenever there's a Broncos game there at Suncorp. So with the Storm, do they have as many? I know they because Queenslanders love winners, so they follow them. It'll just be interesting. There won't be a cowbell there to get them. Uh, to get, you know, as we oh. have in any park. So true. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, I forgot, man. We should be fucking fired up. What Bellamy caught us? He caught us a bunch of divers. Literally, man. That, that, that'll be a, a, certain, uh, a narrative to this game for sure. Um, the sort of war of words and the barbs traded between Arthur and Bellamy in the press conference after round 15. So, yeah. Yeah, BA needs to make a put his foot down and, and press, you know, and put a mark on it because for, until he wins the premiership, he's going to be Bellamy's assistant or ex-assistant. This is a time not for the lads to stand up, for Brad Arthur to stand up and give a masterclass performance and show him, show the master the new – who. what's that saying? The protege versus the master, whatever the the master versus the apprentice. The apprentice comes. Yeah. Yeah, it's time for Brad Arthur to stand up and get the lads to win. The student has become the master. Exactly. Um. So that wraps up the game chat. There go the eels. Um. Other sports uh, predictions. Thirty and forty. I'm, not, I'm withdrawing. I'm not going to say. Anything. <laughs> but Ham, Ham raised a good point. Predictions, birdie. Oh, predictions. Um, I'm thinking Paramount are going to win nineteen to twelve. Uh, Rich Moses will kick the field goal before we score our last try. And first try scorer is going to be. I'm going to back Sean Lane. I think he's been on the bench the last two weeks. You know, you know he's going to. He's got a fawn in his backside. I reckon he's going to stroll over, run over. I think I'm going to say Cameron Munster. Cameron Munster. Yeah. So I think we'll get it. We'll get the job done. And then on to you, forty. Yeah, going off the heart here. Uh, we're going to do the the 2017 uh, sort of game, but 2.0 electric boogaloo. Eels 22, Storm 16. Going to get the big upset of the uh, the first week of the finals. Uh, first try scorer. Going to go. Oh, I'm going to go. Ooh, Reg. Big Reg. Reagan Campbell guard. And from Pam. <laughs> uh, Parramatta win thirteen to eight. And then I've got us eighteen sixteen. Uh, keeping them under that eighteen points. First try scorer Ferguson. Too good. Um, all right. Well, let's see what the punters have got. They've got Storm eleven plus at forty percent. Uh, Eels 1 to 10, 37%. So uh, the punters are thinking either a short Eels victory or a big Storm victory. Um, or uh, uh, other sports, uh, Birdie, how, how about them Cowboys? Can I just say, <laughs> we had to, there was no 12th man in the crowd, but we had to battle the bloody. Oh, the come on. Come, Mate. you you were playing handsy all game and you got caught on it a couple of times. There was some, there, let's just say there was some BS. Holding call. Oh, <laughs> the call on Greg Olsen where they pushed him out. It was literally a lot. Like I've I've had firmer pushes in, in the. Yeah, but it, it's illegal contact because he pushed him out. It wouldn't have been illegal contact otherwise. Yeah, I, we get it, Russell. We get it, Russell Wilson. He's you know he started off the season unbelievable, fourteen touchdowns. Hey, Let's we, just keep it there. We we spotted you a touchdown as well. DK Metcalf butchered that one. Oh my goodness. Oh, can I just say Trevon Diggs? He is a baller. Like he is ex wide receiver as a as a uh, defensive back now and. Paul DK Metcalf is going to be on the highlight reels for um, celebrating early, and he still he, he still he still got the game winning touchdown. But geez, that was a bad one. The one he let go, sixty seven. What did Russ say to him? Do you ever do that again? Yeah, yeah. He did the uh, disappointed father routine with him. But you just your plays were just getting open left, right, and look. I just it's so to be fair, so so were your wide receivers. <laughs> you had um Gallup and, and uh, Cedric Wilson. I think it was go for like a hundred yards each and a couple of touchdowns. It was a game where defense was optional. Yeah, and I just um, look. I 
I was off tack beginning of the year because, you know, we've got this team built around him, offensive line weapons galore. Like, you look at the Packers, they've got no op weapons besides Adams, and he's trying to bleed the bank bank dry. And What are you, okay what are you talking him. about? We've got no weapons. You've got King Lizard there. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, uh, You've got uh, Jones. I, I think the, the Packers look like the Melbourne Storm on the weekend. I think that's like the reserve squad. And, yeah, I don't know. There's not many stars in that team. All right, okay. Cowboys <laughs> buying every big name star that they can, and that's really worked out well for them in oh, the last thirty we, years. We, we tried to buy Earl Thomas, but apparently he's going to Houston. To so. the Texans, he well sold. Done, he Jerry. sold out to the other franchise that's in um, Texas. Yeah. yeah. Well done, Jerry. You fucking <laughs> sorry. Well, you guys were talking about sexual innuendo. I thought I could swear in this podcast. So. <laughs> I think anything uh, but a C bomb is acceptable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, any any sort of slur, we we try and avoid those ones. But yes, yeah, we'll we'll cut that out. Maybe <laughs> probably not. <laughs> uh, Forty seagulls keep churning. Yeah, well, um, we, we we can forget that. We've already talked about that, so it's all right. It's um very much in Russ we trust the the hashtag Let Russ Cook movement is won over the off season and they've. Well, he has to cook because your defense is. So yeah, the, the defense is either uh, injured or just terrible in general. So, um, they they gave a couple of rookies and practice squad guys a, a run later in that game. They actually had a couple of big impacts. So, I'm hoping that the energy and um sort of you know youthful exuberance they bring can help them get to at least a, a baseline level of you know adequacy on defense. But very exciting watching the Seahawks. Uh, not good for your heart, but very exciting. Uh him Packers, you're enjoying it. <laughs> He's oh, loving mate. it. Three and zero, and I, I believe. You want to hear about some stats, all right? Now, I was just while I was watching the, the Packers versus Saints, I noticed we've thrown three touchdowns and zero intercepts all year. Hey, eh? Aaron Rodgers has gone all right. Got the uh, fire lit in his belly this year, that's for sure. So I just wanted an early shout-out for Rookie Player of the Year, Jordan Love. Are you against me? <laughs> I mean, he's, he's, got, he's got Aaron Rodgers playing like an MVP, so... <laughs> Um, so, yeah, no, fantastic stuff. Uh, and, you know, the, one of the passes that he, like he got Lazard um, open, or King Lizard as I like to call him. The Wizard open Lizard. Open a couple of times down the field. Uh, you know, you've got uh, Adams out, obviously, and you thought Jones would have had to light it up, but he's throwing to, <laughs> to Lazard, who was on the Titans practice squad, undrafted, and now he's like <laughs> hauling in these 70-yard uh, Yeah, cleaning up the bombs, yeah. About uh, Drew Brees, yeah. man, he's been exposed. The noodle arm, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Without Michael Thomas, I think his average then. average distance was six yards. I think just yeah, there. about about five six yards. He is struggling big time. There was a couple times where you couldn't tackle Kamara, and he went you know went off a bit. But well, I think the NRL even had a, a tweet about that. Does anybody need tackling practice? I'm like, yeah, obviously our boys did. <laughs> that was uh, it's not good to watch uh, when it's your team. It's happening. Yeah. Too, you did lose your tackling machine in the past. What's his name? Blake Martinez. He's at the Giants now, so... Yeah. How they travel. But, yeah, no, things are things are pretty good. And then NBA is going well. Uh, we're about we to the get Miami to the Miami Heat versus Lakers. the LA Lakers. Yeah, so it's going to be a nice uh, go, finals there. Go Jimmy Buckets, the, the, the madman, the nutcase. It'll be interesting for, uh, for Dwayne Wade. Who's he chief for? His ex-teammate in LeBron James or... The club he's played for his whole life. So, well, if the Lakers win, just like everyone predicted, that um the Greek freak's brother is going to get the ring before him, because <laughs> <laughs> um Giannis is yes. I'm not sure if it's his big little brother, but the Antetokounmpo brother. Oh my god, it's a mouthful. Is um on the Lakers. So if, yeah. if he gets the ring before the back-to-back MVP, it would be amusing. Um, other than that, there's not too much French Open's on, so that's nice. 
Uh, a bit of golf. It's good. Uh, oh, Go and uh, two things. Not that I fought heavily, but the Tampa Bay Lightning won the NHL. They got the Stanley Cup, and the baseball is entering the postseason, so we'll have to see who wins that one. LA Dodgers probably the big favourites. My Tampa Bay race, I think they won. Tampa the Bay would be the feel-good story. That'd be the um, the huge underdog win if they get that, but I think the LA Dodgers would be the big favourites at the moment. All right, well, that wraps up the chat there. Uh, we'll have all eyes on the qualifying final yeah, between yeah, yeah. Eels and Storm on Saturday night and best of luck to the boys do us proud and hopefully uh, in the wrap up we'll be talking about having a week off but they'll have to bet their best yes 100% stay safe and avoid magpies at all costs <laughs> right cheers boys catch you on the next podcast